And joining me today is Dr. Angela Bass, a clinical psychologist at Fourth Dimension Consultancy. Good morning, Dr. Angela. Good morning, sir. Good morning. And we've got, um, of course, uh, all these questions from our listeners. Janie, you have a question for Dr. Angela? Yes, I have. Okay, so I'm 25 years old and I've never had a boyfriend. Neither have I been on a date. I have a problem communicating with the opposite sex. Right, okay. Yeah, and now my parents are pressuring me into getting married. Oh. So I just want to know how to deal with these two separate issues. They are two separate issues, aren't they, <laughs> Dr. Angela? I mean, it would appear that they're two separate issues and to some extent that they uh, they are. But, you know, whether you want to be married and you end up married and, you know, the idea of having a boyfriend and not having been able to done, uh, do that yet. Everybody has a different growth trajectory. It's, I mean, there's no use in comparing ourselves to other people. That can be unhealthy. But in terms of relationships, whether it's dating, whether it's marriage, it does boil down to things like communication, uh, how we perceive others, how we perceive ourselves, self-esteem, uh, intimacy issues that lots of times has to do with how we're raised or you know, sort of how we were taught to think about things. So, you know, even whether you decide to take the step, for example, of marriage right now, or you'd rather uh, get to know some people or date, it could be very, very beneficial in finding out maybe what's getting in the way of a connection. And once you do that, whether you decide to date or whether you decide to have a marriage, it can be very healthy and functional. Right. I mean, if, for example, I remember being 25 and being pressured to marry, uh, even though I had no candidate, (laughs) this is pressure. This is parental pressure. And uh, say she has the same issue, how can she approach this problem with her parents? How can she talk to them about, I guess, you know, the kind of pressure she's under? Yeah, absolutely. It is pressure. And a lot of times, um, you know, there's a very strong cultural dimension and aspect to that and oftentimes parenting for example is an unconscious endeavor where we tend to parent the way we've been parented so it's kind of this idea of this is the way it's always been done and this is what you should do but I think talking to your parents from a sort of pragmatic aspect and saying that I don't feel that I'm ready and this could lead to problems further down the line can be very helpful because a lot of parents, I mean, most parents obviously don't want their child to have huge relationship problems or a divorce down the line. And if these, you know, lack of knowledge of self and communication and a reluctance for intimacy, if these issues are not ironed out before... There's no guarantee that, you know, you will learn on the job, so to speak, or if you get married. Right. All right. Well, if you have a question for Dr. Angela, just give us a call. 03-9543-3333. We have a WhatsApp message from Chan who wants advice for her 13-year-old daughter. That's up next after Celine Dion on Light. And on Mind Matters, it's Free Clinic with Dr. Angela Bass, clinical psychologist at Fourth Dimension Consultancy. And uh, we received um, a question from Chan on our DG Lightline. And she writes in, my 13-year-old is sullen, lazy, non-communicative. She has always been on the quiet, introverted side, but I'm getting more worried about her. I want to go into family counseling with her. How do I bring this up without causing her more anxiety? Yeah, well, that's a, you know, a great question. It's something I see uh, fairly often. And I think, first of all, the plus point is the parent is thinking about 
how to word it in such a way uh, where there's not more anxiety caused, which mm-hmm. is, you know, sensitive and some good parenting there. So that's great. Um, in terms of the labels that are maybe being used or the adjectives to describe sort of lazy and so on and so forth, in my experience and, you know, based on the sort of research, usually a person is not just in and of itself plain and simple lazy. Usually there's an underlying mechanism. So if we describe it as lazy is a feeling, what is the thought behind that or the driver? So, you know, from the outside, it just appears this person cannot be bothered, let's say, to do errands or do their homework and things like that. But maybe the driver behind that is they are feeling depressed Mm -hmm. and can't move. It's a gigantic effort or they're feeling very unprepared or not good enough. So when we can get to, you know, the bottom of these kind of thoughts that are fueling the action, such as being lazy or the the feeling, then a lot of progress can be made. And in terms of how to bring it up, I mean, maybe one thing that could be said is instead of framing it that something's wrong, mm-hmm. what about strengthening the existing good? So all of us can use a tune-up or a touch-up. You know, a lot of times when we go for a preventative healthcare checkup, it's not because something's wrong. We just want to see where we're at. And if there's anything that we can learn that makes us even better and stronger than we already are. Okay, so I hope that answers your question, Chan. And, uh, of course, if you have any questions for Dr. Angela, the number is 03-9543-3333. Our DG Lightline, if you want to give us a voice note, is 016-510-8888. Next, Nina says she is burnt out. How can she deal with this without quitting her job? Well, that's a question for Dr. Angela next here on Light. It's a light breakfast with Shaz and with me this morning on Mind Matters. It's Free Clinic, Dr. Angela Bass, international psychologist at Fourth Dimension Consultancy. And it's a free clinic. Hi, Nina. What's your question for Dr. Angela this morning? Uh, I have a very serious question that's been on my mind. The problem is I have never-ending work. I take my work home, which I know is bad. And I literally don't have time for myself. I don't. I think this has been going on for like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I think I may be suffering from burnout. Right. So the question is, I want to know what are the signs of a burnout and, you know, what I can do about it without quitting my job. Why do you think you have burnout? What What are you experiencing? I think because even like I'm in the office, I'm doing work. Even when I'm home, I'm doing work. So Work is non-stop as long as my eyes are open. I've only been getting rest whenever I sleep, which is bad because I don't have any personal life. Mm-hmm. Mm, and I, do, I don't want to quit my job, that's the thing. Okay, Dr. Angela, what say you? Well, you know, burnout this year has actually become an official diagnosis in the inter, uh, International Classification of Diseases, the ICD of the World Health Organization. Um, some of the symptoms might look like you know, irritability, lack of focus, uh, you know, a hard time focusing one's attention, inability to sleep, sometimes sleeping too much, sleeping too less, anxiety. It can be panic attacks, heart palpitations, uh, trouble breathing, fluctuations in diet, maybe eating too much, eating too less, and also mood, right? So sometimes, you know, if we're burnt out, inexplicable bouts of crying, and just overall, you can, you know, you, people know themselves relatively well. Uh, an increased amount of stress that's not just revolving around, like, 
you know, a weekend deadline. But that's sort of prolonged. So we're looking at the intensity and the duration of these symptoms. Right. And do you have any advice about what she can do without quitting her job? Yeah, well, I think, you know, you're asking the right questions and it starts with that. But, you know, sometimes people have what psychologists call functional fixedness, which is, you know, I like my job, I'm working a lot, and there's really nothing I can do with, or it's very limited. But I would suggest peeling back the layers like an onion of the issue. So, I mean, let's look at the long term. Is this is there something going on at work where, you know, there's just a temporary crunch and then there's an expiry date to all this? Or is this kind of the workplace culture? Would you consider the workplace culture, therefore, toxic? Is the expectations of employees realistic? Is this something you want to be doing long term? What are we thinking? One year plan, three year plan, mm. five year plan. So then we can adjust accordingly. And then we want to look at issues maybe like, perfectionism or that you have to get everything right or the fact that you're, you're driven to over accomplish um, to compensate for something. So there's a lot of drivers of this and you need to remember that quite often the more work you take on, the more work they'll give you. So it's incumbent on the individual to put a full stop and say enough because rest, rejuvenation, recovery are also part of your work strategy. All right, Nina, hope you take that to heart. Coming up, of course, it's a Mind Matters free clinic, so do give us a call with your questions, 0395433333, or our DG Light line. You can text us at 016-510-8888. Lynn has a question about how she can support her sister who's, um, you know, depressed and have been involved in a string of bad relationships this past year. We'll ask Dr. Angela about this next here on Light. And uh, we have Dr. Angela Bass, uh, international psychologist at Fourth Dimension Consultancy for our Mind Matters Free Clinic this morning. And Lynn had written in, she says, my sister had a string of bad relationships in the past year. She's been very emotional since and very depressed. And it doesn't seem like she's getting enough support um, from her family and also from friends. What can we do and what should she do? That's a good question. Uh, beautiful how... Um, compassionate and concerned the sister is. Well, you know, a lot of times when we've had a string of bad anything where we perceive it to be bad, uh, the relationships, you know, work situations, there can be a tendency towards victimization, sort of uh, almost a woe to me. You know, what have I done wrong? Everything is against me. But mm-hmm. we know in the context of therapy that No one is all good or all bad. Uh, Both people are bringing forth dynamics or qualities that are contributing to the issue at hand. So, you know, I I don't know if the sister is open to therapy, but it can be a really, really vital resource in understanding oneself. But there are courses and, and, you know, amazing, well-researched, backed by science, articles online that can facilitate knowing more about oneself so that, you know, in the future, you can bring your best self forward. One thing I would suggest for the sister that, you know, oftentimes in the Asian context, especially, it's tempting to feel like we are fully responsible and need to take care of that person and solve everything. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a tendency, I want to make them feel better and I want to take their hurt away. And as understandable as that is, we must remember that most of the time our job is to witness another person's life. 
You know, we even as a therapist, we can make the suggestions, there can be feedback, there can be analysis, but fundamentally, that person needs to decide for themselves. So having sort of open-ended questions and inquiry with one sibling can maybe spark that interest in trying to receive therapy and thinking about things from a different way. All right. Well... I hope that helps you, Lynn. And uh, it's true, isn't it? You know, especially with uh, Asian families, we all want to try and help each other out. <laughs> Give us a call. Uh, we're here to help you. If you have a question for Dr. Angela, it's 3 Anita has a question about how she can be more on her own after 25 years being married. That's up next here on Light. And with me on the phone is Dr. Angela Bass, international psychologist at Fourth Dimension Consultancy for our Mind Matters Free Clinic. Hi, Anita. Um, do you have a question for Dr. Angela? Yes, Charles, I have. I'm going through a divorce after 25 years. My kids are older now and they have seen me suffering, but they're encouraging me to move on. But I don't know how to be on my own. Uh, what is your advice? That's a good question, Dr. Angela. What's your advice? <laughs> Well, that is, you know, sort of a broad question, and it's hard to ascertain sort of specifically without going into details in a therapy context with somebody one-to-one. But just based on what I'm hearing, I think it can be very helpful to keep the following guidelines in mind. First of all, you're going through a huge life transition, and sometimes we're really in a hurry to get from point A to point B, and we don't give it's the time necessary, whether it's to mourn or to grieve, because it is in a way, you know, in a lot of ways, of course, it's a new beginning, but it's also the death of an old way of being and, you know, an old chapter of your life or a previous chapter. And we need to grieve and mourn that properly. And that's that's very natural. Um, doing so enables you to go forth with a lot more clarity and confidence. And then, you know, get specific on what constitutes not knowing how to be alone? And we can make a game plan from that. Does that mean, you know, finances scare me? Or I've never really filled the petrol in the car. Or, you know, I, I'm so used to having a body next to me, you know, in bed at night. So what does it mean for you? I mean, there are free classes online or, you know, at universities or, um, you know, sort of NGOs, financial institutions that teach people how to, be financially literate. Um, perhaps your children, if they're of you know a certain age and they're driving, they can take you through the steps of how to fill petrol in the car. Um, if you know your partner was the one to cook, you can take cooking classes. You can experiment. That would be very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes uh, you know filling that loneliness gap uh, can be met by getting a pet, by volunteering your time and sharing your wisdom and intelligence and warmth with other people, kind of the idea of you light a candle for others, your path is also lit going forward. So take a deep breath, take your time. You're on the precipice of a new and exciting time. And I wish you the best. All right. Well, Anita, we all wish you the very best. And thank you, Dr. Anjala, for joining us this morning for our Mind Matters Free Clinic. A pleasure, Shaz.